welcome everybody to the Discovery Ed podcast today. We are uh, going to hear from Jody, and uh, he's going to talk about uh, camouflage, how it has ways to distort our perceptional reality sometimes and hide things from us. So let's go ahead and uh, let Jody uh, start the uh, conference call tonight. Hey, Jody. Hey, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, camouflage. <clears throat> so a lot of people have heard the word camouflage, and it means to, like, make things hard to see or to conceal them or a disguising. Um, sometimes this will be in the form of either hiding something or just disguising the presence of that item. So first thing is, like, why would it want to hide things? So we learn how things should be at a really young age. We learn... Um, anything different uh, could be dangerous from that. Uh, when we're really young, we just start absorbing information as what's going to be normal. So it acts kind of as a self-defense mechanism um, to help protect us and uh, to hide any kind of dangers and stuff like that. So sometimes we hide these things or these things are just kind of hidden naturally. Um, if you ever noticed that as soon as you bought a car, that suddenly you started to see that same car everywhere you go or that same color. And before you're like, man, I've never seen a car like this. Well, now that you're aware of that and you're more observant, then suddenly you start to see this. So the, those types of things are kind of just hidden in plain sight. Um, so we start to think like we don't know what we don't know. Um, and sometimes we don't know what exactly we're looking for. So to see new things differently, we have to be open-minded. We have to be willing to kind of change our perception of the way we see things. Remember that it likes things to be the same. It likes normal normalcy, things to be the way it always has. It's kind of this self-defense mechanism, and it's based on the only thing that it knows to be true, um, routines, habits, all the things that just seem comfortable that's what seems normal. So another reason to hide things is that cognitive dissonance we talked about, uh, that conflict between the way we believe things to be and something new that we have learned or something new that we have come in contact with. Um, so our mind has to decide which one is better. And it's naturally going to take the path of least resistance, the way, the things, way things have always been. Um, the other option would be... Um, taking the unknown path or something uncertainty, uncertain where there's a lot of doubt or fear of failure. And that normal path is always going to be the safer route. And it always wants to preserve itself. And it always wants things to be just the way they have always been. Um, so it's just trying to protect us from this new information that we have acquired. And in the same way, it has kind of a strong bond to different experiences, whether that experience is like a trauma or some sort of bad association with something, um, it's not going to want to um, put you in that same situation. So it's going to tend to hide certain things. And if you ever had noticed this around dogs, if, if a dog has had a trauma with like a male figure where uh, maybe a bigger man always hit the dog or kicked the dog or something like that, or if a guy was wearing a beard or had a beard or glasses or things like that, that dog's going to remember that image or that male figure 
and it's going to tend to respond to other male figures that were similar to that person that beat him. And it's going to remember that for a long time. If you ever had to deal with dogs like that, you know, it's, sometimes it's really hard for them to ever get comfortable being in that situation. And the only reason, the only way to break them from that habit in that self-defense mechanism is to slowly encourage them to do new habits and be exposed to something different. And we're talking about that a little bit. And so we have to choose whether we're going to acknowledge this new information to be true or not. So sometimes like um, we say we, you don't, we don't know what we don't know. So in order to find that information, that's what we have to kind of be able be willing to look at in order to, I guess, be aware of that type of stuff. So we're talking about the path of least resistance. As soon as we acknowledge something to be true, then we are responsible for doing something about it. So that's the second part of if we know something is our fault or we know that the reason things went a certain way is because we didn't do a certain action. Then once we are aware of that, then we're going to have a sense of guilt if we don't do something about it. That's another reason people tend to take that path of least resistance. Um, oftentimes people will fall into uh, the victim mentality where instead of them accepting responsibility for something, they're going to just blame other people for other circumstances. And then suddenly they just can rule themselves out. Um, we did a talk. Um, if you want to hear more about victim mentality, we had a previous episode, Understanding the Victim Mentality, and that talks more about that. Um, so camouflage is something that's hard to see. So often things are hard to see in different ways because of the years and years of past program conditioning. So we see things a certain way over and over for such a long time, often our whole life, that it's often difficult in order to see things differently. Um, so our it has like a strong bias on the way things used to be. Um, and it, so when it thinks of, so if you kind of think about it as always looking at things with a sense of a filter, so it makes it difficult to see the actual truth. And it's always going to be resistant to change. Um, many times we can, you know, rattle off a whole list of different traits about ourselves without even thinking about it. Um, like things like our favorite color or what uh, type of music do we like to listen to? Um, favorite foods. And favorite foods are always interesting because even taste has its own sense of past program conditioning. Um, so if you look at it, um, have you ever wondered why different cultures like different types of food, right? Um, they have, our bodies generally have the same senses and same types of taste buds when we're born, but they kind of have this, um, you've heard the phrase acquired taste. So that's just something that they've grown a habit to, and that's what they think is normal. So they're going to tend to like and tend to kind of sway towards those types of foods. Um, so we, we learn to like things based on um, many different things around that happen to us during, through our environment or through our different um, experiences. So if something is camouflaged or hidden, how do we see it? Um, and if you think about a picture this way, uh, you can look and how would you find something in a picture if you're looking for something that was blended in or camouflaged? 
uh, there's a couple options. One, you can study it and look over it and look real close and kind of in minute detail, look at all the different parts of that picture until you find what you're looking for. Um, the next question is, how do you know what you're looking for? And, you know, the other way to find things is to have a mentor, somebody that knows what they're looking for that can kind of help us, maybe give us hints, maybe propose like some different shapes, maybe this, that it looks like, or things that help us find that. So in order to figure out what we're looking for, um, we kind of have to discover it. So, you know, learning a bunch, a bunch of new things, being open-minded, looking at different things um, to try to search out, uh, being exposed to um, like a mentor or other people that can expose us to new things uh, that we weren't currently aware of. Um, goes back to the, you don't know what you don't know. So the only way to be exposed to more things is to, you know, either with a mentor or discover new things. So then once we, once we start to find these new things, we start to discover new things to look at. Then it comes to the, we talk about the three-step process and we have to confront it. We have to acknowledge that it's true and that what we see and what we're looking at is real. Uh, confront the thing that is different. It requires an open mind. You have to be able to willing to look at things different than the way your past program conditioning has led you to look at it. You kind of have to take that filter off. You have to be unbiased against the new information that you're receiving, um, whether it's confronting a problem or it's confronting a solution, some sort of action. And if you're not willing to confront it, then you're just kind of stuck. That's kind of where the process would stop. But once you're willing to confront it, then you can ide identify what needs to be changed. Um, you can realize where it comes from, whether it's a past program conditioning of the way you were brought up, um, different exposures to different things. Um, and then you can kind of pick out which ones of those are limiting beliefs, like how that held you back or how that kind of filtered your normal way of thinking and kind of develop where those patterns came from and start to identify which new patterns we want to create, uh, which new behaviors and which new habits. So once we have those identified, then we need to be proactive. That's where the action step is. And oftentimes that's one of the more difficult things. Sometimes knowing is only half the battle. Then you have to actually do stuff about it. And that it and that past program conditioning is going to be very resistant to change. Uh, so it's going to require like a daily method of operation, continuously doing things over and over until we start to get that new pattern. Similar to that dog. They're going to have to be exposed over and over until they finally start to accept that new person or that new thing um, that we're trying to do. And the biggest uh, methods to help with this on a daily basis is kind of have a plan. Ident Once we identify these, write these down, uh, make a list of the, the different things we want to change, um, talk with a mentor, have a mentor hold you accountable, um, set actual dates on when you're going to have these these things done by, and then record your process. Um, journaling works really well, writing down what you did, what worked, what didn't, and then reflection, going back and looking at those different things and evaluating them, seeing like, did this work? Um, where did I slip up? Where did this, where can you see where that past program conditioning snuck back in 
and took control again. And then as you do that over and over, you can make a new game plan to, to be stronger, to build up and to continue to be proactive and then keep that process going on a daily basis. And that's what I have. Thanks. Jody, we appreciate that sharing that and talking about the uh, camouflage. Mm. Let me ask you uh, to explain uh, something when it comes to it, as in the missing link. You've heard me say that many many times. Uh, give me uh, illustration about that missing link when we're trying to expose the discovery it to many of our clients. I think the, the big missing link is that, that past program conditioning, that internal thought. And what I didn't realize in the big missing link was all of that stuff and all that experiences was kind of who I thought I was. It's that attachment um, to that way of thinking and thinking that that was an identity that I accepted for myself. And without knowing where that came from and that I didn't really have a conscious choice in deciding those, it was really the environment and the circumstances. Then I get to look at it from a different angle and point out, this is what I learned and this is what I want to do different to be a better person. And then being able to kind of separate who you think you are with who you were created to be and your actual maximum potential that you can achieve. Thanks, Jody. Appreciate it a lot. Uh, Bill, um, in reference to the missing link in the beginning, 15, 16 months ago, when you uh, first came with us, um, did you get that missing link instantly or was there a period of time that you, uh, acquired it yeah it took some time because i remember you know uh we talked about this before where uh with my former spouse when we came together to meet with you um i think the missing link was that i was uh you know trying to um discover myself but it wasn't it wasn't for me it was for her and then as time went on uh, I was looking at the uh, at the process as a wonderful discovery tool for me, and I was moving forward, but uh, she was staying in the past with the past program conditioning and the and camouflaging. Uh, it had a wonderful way of just uh, holding her captive to uh, the past, where um, she was left behind, and I continued to look and see. And finally discovered that I needed to find my identity because I really didn't have one. Mine was mine was built into hers and built into my past. And, um, you know, I finally broken free from that. And it's one where the, uh, when Jody was talking about the, the hiddenness of, um, uh, from your past and past program conditioning, I can see where, that hindered my spouse, but it it broke me when I discovered what it was. I was able to break free and go forward. Now, you know, I'm 
I'm the first one that's going to say it hasn't been a struggle. It's it's definitely a struggle because you start to, you know, it wants to bring you back into that uh, into that fold and say that you're the failure and you know it was it was your fault that everything happened when really in essence it wasn't. It was just that I was able to discover um, what was going on and able to improve myself and start to understand my identity versus being uh, identified just by who I'm associated with to find my own self inner being. So it's still a process, you know, still going through it, but it's far more eye opening to understand what's going on. And um, that's the problem is that before it was, you know, even before we met you, it was just a um, do the, like Jody was saying, the routines, it was always the same routine. Now, you know, now in my life, I don't have uh, those same routines. And, you know, the self-motivational aspect that he was talking about, you have to do that every day. Uh, you know, I do that every day to just, if um, if I even hear just one little thing out of something motivational, you may say it, uh, uh, another speaker may say it, but if I at least get something out of it, I'm taking another step forward versus a step back. So to look at that, I would say that, uh, you know, the discovery aspect of it was, uh, was very, very important. And uh, just like Jody, Jody said, camouflage will keep it hidden and then it will want to hold you there. But if you, if you keep it in the forefront of your mind, you can always work to break free from it. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate your uh, comments and sharing with us tonight. Jody, um, one more thing uh, when it comes to discovering it. What would be the one obstacle, if, if there was one, when it came to discover it in the beginning? Uh, one obstacle. I think there's multiple little obstacles. And the... Part of it was what we talked about, the camouflage. Um, it's going to not want to let you reveal what it knows. So a lot of that obstacle is just being able to be open-minded to the possibility that a lot of the things happen the way they did because of that past program conditioning. And I think the being comfortable in the way things are is a big obstacle. There's a lot of uh, resistance to change, a lot of uh, not wanting to take the initiative or be um, accountable or responsible for all that extra work. So I think a lot of times that's one of the, the biggest obstacles. Thanks, Jody. Ray, um, I'd like to uh, ask you a question or two about uh, camouflage and how in the past eight years that you've been uh, with us, how has uh, it camouflaged some of the things in your life to uh, cause you to, uh, pro you know, come along as you have in the past eight years? Um, I would say maybe camouflaging every experience as uh, an enemy or an attack 
you know, dealing with different people or different situations, um, definitely coming from that victim mentality of thinking that everything is happening to me and instead of seeing it, seeing it as a challenge, when you're looking at every situation as an attack or as something that's setting me up for failure and that, uh, that I can't overcome, it just puts me in a position of helplessness and not being able to, not seeing myself as having the power to choose and to find a solution to my uh, challenges that I'm having at the time. And that's one way to, to get you to give up and to stop taking action. Stop following through with that cycle like Jody talked about, that it takes to overcome and really overturn a challenge that you're going through or a way that you're carrying yourself or presenting yourself or lack of protecting yourself and building yourself up. And it stood out when you said, Jody, that sometimes you just got to continue until you show the result, until the result shows through your actions and through that change, that change is actually materialized and becomes a part of who you are. And I know that a lot of people struggle with that and I struggled with it. We initially, we look for feedback or we look for validation that what we're doing is getting the change that we were looking for. Or if someone said that we had an issue with something and we're looking to make a change in that area, we look for that initial feedback and for people to notice immediately the changes that we're making or the different choices that we may be making. And I know that that could discourage people and, and discourage me and was another thing that urged me to want to give up because I felt that if the changes I were making weren't, weren't getting any what seemed like a result because what I was looking for was validation and for people to notice it didn't it discouraged me from continuing to make those those changes until they became permanent and I realized that you have to do it for yourself you have to have your own vision in mind and goal that you're working towards and to, to focus on that and stick to that regardless of what may be happening around you or whether someone notices the changes or not. And realizing that it's natural for people to assume what they're familiar with. So they're familiar with you acting or doing things a certain way. Initially, they're not going to be as observative or notice the, those subtle changes and that even if they did naturally they'd, they'd be resistant to it and tend to overlook it because it's out of the norm and not what they're used to so also just understanding that and being becoming comfortable or at least understanding that people more likely than not are going to be particularly resistant to your change and that you, like Jody said, have to continue and stick with it. Otherwise, it's a it's a 
a loophole for it or a way to bring you right back to where you started. Because if you start to make those changes but don't continue and don't build on them, then it pretty much goes uh, to waste. Well, thank you, Ray. Uh, thank you, Bill. And uh, thank you very much, uh, Jody, for sharing the uh, topic tonight of camouflage. Look forward to uh, each and every one of us, plus many of the audience, to be with us next week. Uh, call 515 604 9530, access code 655145. We'll see y'all next weekend. Thank you now.